Thanks, Zach. And uh, it's a privilege to be sharing with you once again. And uh, yeah, special welcome to everyone who's here in person and also to all of those who are joining us online. Welcome. Yeah, so the current series, West Side Stories. And we've all, each of us have been asked just to share something that's been on our heart. And uh, have you ever read Scripture, been reading Scripture, and just had a sentence, a phrase, or even a word just grab you and uh, fire your imagination uh, and really speak to you? Well, that happened to me a, a couple of months ago as I was just in my daily time of, of prayer and Scripture reading. And so I just want to share that um, today. And actually, there's... Some overlap with what Zach and John have both shared in the last few weeks, and it's all about, uh, it begins with our identity and the power of words that are spoken over us and that we speak over ourselves. A couple of weeks ago, Zach was sharing, and he shared a very moving story about um, a card that he received for some, from uh, former uh, youth pastors uh, that came at a very kind of critical time in his life. And it was just um, full of encouraging words, full of scripture, words from the Lord. And uh, what a difference uh, that made in his life. And then uh, later on, he talked about how he shared how during a time of solitude and, and quiet reflection and, and listening to the Holy Spirit, how the Lord just spoke to him the, the simple words, you are my child. And uh, those sort of words are, are so important for us. It's, it's all about identity, and, and identity is such an important thing. It's in human nature to ask questions like, who am I? What is my purpose in life? And, and who and what do I belong to? So the words spoken over us and the words we spoke, speak over ourselves are that, that internal narrative that's always going on inside us is, is very powerful, very important. And it, 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 trans, it, it forms uh, what we believe about ourselves and the word around us. Um, have you ever heard that phrase, uh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace? Have you heard that? We've probably all said it. I've said it myself. Uh, and it may sound humble and, and spiritual, but actually it, it doesn't accurately portray who we are in Christ. It is, it's not totally accurate in who we are right now as Christians who belong to Jesus Christ. Yes, we were sinners, uh, and we, we, we were by faith saved by God's grace. And yet what we are now is so much more than that. I like the way um, uh, Neil Anderson, the Christian author, talks about this. And he says, rather than kind of saying something like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, he said, we should say, I am a saint who sometimes sins and needs forgiveness. But you notice the shift from something kind of negative to something very positive and, and more accurately reflecting who we are in Christ right now. So it's, it's vital that we see ourselves as God sees us and listen to the words that God speaks over us and so that our minds can be renewed. Now, God speaks many things over us in Scripture, and, I, and I, one of the things I do regularly is, is go over Scriptures that remind me of my identity in Christ. And, and through Scripture, I am reminded that uh, because of my connection with Christ, I am a child of God, I am chosen, I am beloved, I am holy in His sight, I am forgiven, I am accepted, I am a new creation in Christ. I'm reconciled. 
We are a royal priesthood, Scripture says. We are overcomers. These are all things that God speaks over us and that we need to let those, those words and those truths transform our hearts and our minds. And I don't know why it is that we, we gravitate towards the negative rather than the positive things that God speaks over us. One author I recently read said this. He said, the devil can't change our identity in Christ, but he will attempt to get us to forget it or to deny it. And so you need to remember that. So today, I want to um, speak about one particular word or phrase that God speaks over us that's true of us because we are in Christ through faith. And that is the phrase, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And the two scriptures are key to this. And one scripture actually talks about it in a corporate sense that we, as a community, as the church, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And one talks about more individually, that we individually in our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst. Oh, I love that, uh, that scripture. And then 1 Corinthians 6.19 takes it to an individual level. And Paul again says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you, who you have received from God, that you are not your own? You were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your bodies. Just stop and think about that for a moment. The God of the universe the God who created all things, the God who sent his son uh, on to earth to bring the kingdom and to die and rise from the dead. That very God, by his spirit, dwells within each of us and dwells among us as a community. We need to kind of meditate on that. That in itself is so amazing. Now, I just want to give a little bit of uh, history in terms of this idea of the temple. It is the dwelling place of God among his people. Now, at creation, before the fall, we read that God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. There, there was intimacy. And in a sense, God was present in all the world uh, with them in the garden. But then after the fall, and after, sin, after they rebelled against God and sin entered the world, there was this alienation between humanity and God. And yet God wanted to dwell with his people, and he set into motion uh, this, this process of reconciliation and, and rescuing humanity to restore us to, to being what we originally were created to be, which was image bearers of God. And so we see that uh, after Israel was, the nation of Israel was brought out of Egypt, uh, led by Moses, and into the desert, God brought them to Mount Sinai, and he gave them to ten, the Ten Commandments, but he also spent a lot of time giving very detailed instructions about the building of the tabernacle, a portable temple where God would dwell by his spirit among his people. And that was very important. And we, we read that when the tabernacle was completed and dedicated to God, that the, the Shekinah glory of God, the tangible, visible presence of God and his power and brightness dwelt in that temple, in the Holy of Holies. Later on, as, as Israel became more established as a nation, Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem. And uh, 
It was a beautiful building full of gold and silver. And again, when it, we read that when it was dedicated uh, to the Lord, uh, His glory came and, and um, the Shekinah glory and the presence of God came and filled the temple uh, to the point that we, we read that those who were in the temple, the priests and the musicians serving before the Lord, uh, couldn't stand uh, in, the, in the temple. They, they were actually, they fell under the power of the Spirit. It sounds like they were having a good old Pentecostal uh, meeting where they, everyone got slain in the Spirit. It's kind of funny. But uh, they, they, the, God's presence was so full that, they're, that, they're, that um, they couldn't stand. They fell. And, uh, you know, be, besides God's presence being in the temple, we read that it was a place of sacrifice and forgiveness. So sacrifices were made regularly for the people in order that they would be cleansed from sin and, and uh, be, be connected with God. It was a place of worship. It was a place of prayer, where prayer was made for the people and for the nations. It was a place where God spoke. He spoke through Aaron and, and Moses and then, and then the priests to his people. And, and in Jewish thought, it was the, the temple was the place where heaven connected with earth where heaven's reality and all of its beauty and truth and joy and holiness connected with earth's reality in, in all of its fallenness. Then we read, in, in, in terms of the, the progression of this idea of the temple in the Bible, we read that Jesus came as the Messiah to fulfill the function of the Old Testament temple. And so we read in, first, uh, in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The word... Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And in the Greek, that, that phrase, dwelt among us, actually says tabernacled among us. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Jesus fulfilled the function of the Old Testament um, temple. And so he was, he was God's presence with us, Emmanuel, God with us. He replaced and superseded the temple sacrifice because he became the once and for all sacrifice for sin. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He became the perfect high priest because we read in Hebrews that through him, our perfect high priest, we can, we can enter into God's presence, draw near to God's throne with confidence and boldness. Jesus was where heaven met earth. And so he taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the amazing truth is that you and I now are temples of the Holy Spirit. In John 7, uh, one time Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. And he said, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And so, when Jesus ministered on earth, and taught, and, 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 did, and did his miracles, and healing, and taught the truth... Um, he did that in the power of the Holy Spirit. And those who were, who were connected with him, uh, the apostles and, and, and then the 72 he, who he sent out to minister in his name, what they did was through their connection with Jesus, um, 
who is operating in the Holy Spirit. But what he was saying is, uh, a time is coming. It's, he said in another place, it's, it's, it's important that I leave, because if I don't leave, the Holy Spirit won't come, and you won't be empowered to continue my works. And so we have that, that wonderful picture of um, the day that Jesus uh, died on the cross and took upon himself the, the sins of humanity and defeated the principalities and powers. We read that the veil in the temple that separated the Holy of Holies where God's Shekinah glory dwelt and separated that from the outer courts of the temple and from everyone else on earth, that veil was torn in half, symbolizing the fact that God's presence was now available to all who would come uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. It's an, it's an amazing truth. And so Jesus said uh, to the early disciples, he says, uh, after he rose from the dead, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized, filled and immersed with the Holy Spirit. So it's amazing to think that we as the body of Christ are now temples of God's Holy Spirit, of God's presence. And we need, as we grasp this truth, it'll change our lives. We need to learn to live out of this truth. Um, we don't live the Christian life in our own power. We can't do church in our own power. We need God's presence and power. So I just want to take uh, a few minutes and, and look at that a bit about what it means to be temples of the Holy Spirit, the practical implications of that. First of all, it means, as I've said, we, ca we carry God's presence, both corporately as a community and individually we carry God's presence. In the Old Testament, it talks about how the Holy Spirit dwelt among the people through the temple and occasionally would come upon certain people for certain purposes. Uh, we see a major shift in the New Testament which talks about the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, being in people and also in a community. Number two, beauty and value of our bodies and personalities to God. Um, I did a bit of math this week. I was, I was reading about the temple in Jerusalem, and uh, it was a very beautiful building. had had tons, actually tons and tons, of gold and silver and very ornate carvings. It was a place of great worth and beauty. In fact, in, in terms of the, today's value of gold and, and silver alone, it was worth, in today's value, $70 billion dollars. $70 billion. It was a place of huge value and, and beauty. And yet God is saying, you and I, in our bodies, and as, and as a community, are that valuable and that beautiful in his eyes. That should transform the way that we think about ourselves. We're not just sinners saved by grace, my friends. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, valuable to God, of immeasurable value and beautiful beauty to God. And God wants to manifest his beauty among us. I knew a young woman many years ago uh, who, because of trauma that she had experienced uh, in, her, in her life, um, really struggled with uh, anorexia. And, and she, she was a believer in Christ. She was a Christian. She was getting uh, therapy and help in various ways, but still struggled with it. At, at one point, she almost died because of this terrible illness that she had. And uh, 
She said to me once, she said, the turning point in her recovery came when she understood and she heard and understood this truth that her body was a temple of the Holy Spirit, that she was worth something and that her body was worth something to God. And that was the turning point for her in her recovery. These truths can be, have a, a powerful transforming effect in our lives. Third point um, I want to make about being temples of the Holy Spirit is about partnership with God. The fact that God wants to dwell in our bodies is, is uh, really um, important. It's an important uh, philosophical truth, actually. Um, unfortunately, over the years, the church has been influenced by Greek and Gnostic thought, and in that thought, there's, there's a dualism where the physical is bad and has no worth, and God is not interested in the physical on the earth or our bodies. It, only the spiritual and the philosophical is good. That somehow, over the years, infiltrated the church and poisoned the teaching of the church. In truth, God wants to manifest his glory in the physical and in our bodies and in our daily lives. The physical is important to God. And uh, so that means that everything we do is significant to God. Everything we do can be an act of worship. The physical day-to-day -day life is important to God. So whether we spend our lives going to school or in the home taking care of a family or in the office or in the factory, uh, whatever we're doing, it's, it's important to God. It's valuable to Him. That's important to remember that. The fourth thing about uh, being temples of the Holy Spirit is that we, because of that, can be channels of God's uh, love and influence and power in the world. We ourselves can be a place where heaven meets earth and heaven's reality moves through us and actually we can be a transforming influence in the world around us. Uh, I knew a, a lady once who um, worked, started work uh, as an office manager in a company. She was, she was someone who really understood this truth about being God's presence, carrying God's presence in her daily life. And um, she started work on this in this um, office, in this company, and when she arrived, it, was, it had, had a very negative atmosphere. There was a lot of stress, uh, there were poor relationships, there was poor productivity as a result, and it was not a pleasant place to work. And yet, uh, she went in every day just praying for God's presence to be revealed, doing what she could to love people and to, bring a positive in, to be a positive influence. And in a matter of a few years, the whole atmosphere of that office and that company changed to something that was very positive and, and life-affirming and, and creative. And it actually uh, became much more prosperous. So that when it came time for her to, she was moving, her and her husband were moving, and she had to leave that company, the owner of the company held a, a big party for her. And he said, you have changed the whole culture and atmosphere of, the, of, of our company. Thank you so much. And it was because of God's presence with her. I know another story of a... Uh, I read this in a book, but uh, a Christian pastor, he said that he would... Uh, often go into a health food store to buy, to buy groceries and food. Uh, but it was one of these health food stores that, that also had uh, a big focus on kind of new age spirituality. So it had a whole section of 
crystals and new age books and such. Um, but he would, he would always sit in his car and just pray and worship God for a few minutes before going in, asking for God to just to be with him and anoint him. And, um, and he'd go in and, and greet, greet the staff and, and such. And um, after a year or two, the, the owner of the store kind of came up to him one day, took him aside when he came into the store, and he said, you know what? I love it when you come into the store. You bring such positive energy. Uh, and it, it just changes everything. You just bring this love and this peace. And of course, he was using his own language, but to, to, to describe what he was experiencing in terms of God's presence flowing from this man, streams of living water flowing from within him into the world around us. So I just want to talk for a few minutes. So as temples of the Holy Spirit, we carry God's presence God's beauty, God's love and power into a broken world. We need to see ourselves that way as temples of the Holy Spirit, carrying God's presence. I want to talk for a few minutes about stewarding God's presence among us. Now that may sound like a strange thing to say. What do you mean stewarding God's presence? But, but it's true. The Holy Spirit, God's presence among us and in us, is a gift freely given and received by faith in Jesus Christ. But we, you and I, play a part in how much we experience God's presence and power in our lives. The choices we make determine whether the presence and power of the Spirit is strong or weak in our lives. Paul talks about the Holy Spirit, that God's presence among us as being a treasure that needs to be... Um, valued and protected and nurtured. He says, we have, these, we have this treasure in jars of clay, our bodies, that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from ourselves. So the first scripture I want to talk about is Ephesians 5.18, where Paul says, do not be drunk with wine, don't be controlled by some of the substance. He said, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, be influenced and filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, in the Greek, it actually means keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you, you may ask, well, weren't, weren't, the Christian, weren't we as Christians filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost? But uh, later on in Acts 4, we read about during a time of persecution, the disciples prayed again for boldness, and again they were filled. So it's, it's an ongoing thing that we need to be constantly refreshed and filled with the Holy Spirit. I love Psalm 27, verse 5, where the psalmist says, One thing I ask, this only do I seek, that I may um, live in the house of the Lord or the presence of God all the days of my life, to seek him in his holy temple, to gaze upon his beauty. What is the one thing that you and I live for? It should be for the presence of God, to live in that presence. Um, Last week, John talked about the summer focus being the nurturing of our souls. And he said, the most loving thing we can do for ourselves and everyone else around us is to slow down and cultivate our walk with God. So, how do we do that? Well, I want to keep this simple. And the first one is, is very simple. First of all, we just need to learn to rest in the truth of God's presence in us, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. 
and just learning to rest moment by moment in his presence. In fact, I find it helpful to kind of stop every once in a while during the day, especially maybe when I'm getting stressed out about something, and just saying, thank you, Lord, that you are with me, that you are in me, and that you are for me. And I just find that really invigorates me. Second, besides that, is to cultivate a life of conversational prayer. Now, many of us have heard perhaps of, of Brother Lawrence, who was a monk. I think he lived maybe in the, the 16th century. And he was known, of course, there's a book written from, about his sayings called, called Practicing the Presence of God. But he was known as someone who had really entered into this place of moment by moment experiencing God's, the pleasure and the goodness and the joy of God's presence. And he said, whether he was working in the, in the kitchen of the monastery, which was his job, or whether he was, he was, in, he was in the chapel, it didn't it made no difference. He experienced God's presence in both places. And this is what he said about cultivating a life of prayer. He says, Our greatest ambition should be to ground ourselves and build our lives in God's presence. And that we do this by developing a continuous conversation with God. You don't have to be in church to be in God's presence. We can make our heart a private chapel, a place where we can constantly go to talk to God. Everyone is capable of such intimate, ordinary conversation with God. It's not complicated. It's, it's, it's simple. And I just encourage you to, you know, you know, if we have time to spend an hour or two a day on social media or watching Netflix or something, surely we have time to spend 10 or 15 minutes in solitude alone with God. And, and I know it can be a struggle. But I just encourage you, just start off with 10 minutes a day. Choose a time that works for you. Choose a place that works for you. Sit down with the Bible and a journal. Read a bit. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit what he's speaking to you today. It's not complicated. And it's important to remember, you know, God wants to dwell with us even more than we want to dwell with him. He's, he initiated all this. He's longing to dwell within us and to manifest himself to us. The second uh, principle I want to talk about in terms of stewarding God's presence is not to grieve the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 4, uh, verse 30, Paul talks about that. He says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And in the context of that, he was talking about broken relationships and sinful behavior. Um, but we don't, want, we don't want to stop or hinder the flow of God's Spirit in us and through us and among us. And uh, that should be the motivation for holiness, really, um, in terms of just obedience to God's, God's Word. It's a, one of the main reasons is that we don't want to stop the flow uh, or hinder the flow of His presence and Spirit moving through us. We want to we keep that flowing. We want to be carriers of God's presence and beauty and power and love. And so we want to live lives that are pleasing to Him. This is where it's so important that we, we listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever noticed like when, when something's a bit off and maybe you know, we've, we've fallen into unforgiveness or we've, we've just kind of pressed the boundaries a little bit, the, the Holy Spirit will come. He doesn't often speak loudly, but there's that whisper of the Spirit saying, mm, something's not right. And we need to learn to listen to that and to respond to Him. Holiness is not so that we retreat uh, kind of into some kind of isolated self-righteous bubble and, and, and judge everybody. That's... The true purpose of holiness is that we would remain to be 
channels of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. And you know what? It's so important that we practice that as a community, that we, that we really tend our relationships and keep our relationships healthy, keep short accounts with each other, forgive quickly as God has forgiven us in Christ Jesus. If we are a forgiving and loving community, we will be filled with the Holy Spirit as a community. God's presence will be with us, and there's nothing more attractive than that. People are drawn to love and community that is filled with the Holy Spirit. The next uh, point I want to make about being, uh, uh, stewarding, the, um, stewarding the presence of God in us is uh, something else that Paul said to, um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says, don't quench the Spirit. So we, we can, the Holy Spirit is very sensitive, and, and we carry that Spirit, and we need to be attuned to it. We can, we, can, we can grieve the Spirit. We can also quench the Spirit. He says in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, Do not quench the Spirit. And quenching something is when we, we you know, take a bucket of water and throw it on a fire. That's quenching, quenching the fire of the Holy Spirit. He says, don't quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all and hold on to what is good. So in this context, he's saying, don't discourage or prohibit the use of spiritual gifts like prophecy. You don't want to quench the Spirit. But I think there's a, a wider context for this. And basically he's saying, be open to experience new things from God. Be open to God doing things that are outside of our comfort zone. Don't put conditions on God. Just say, God, show me, fill me with your Holy Spirit and work through me in whatever way you want. Number four, keep in step with the Spirit. Paul says in Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We're born again by the Spirit. We're alive because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Because we are united with Christ. And Paul is saying, if that's true, then it's just not a one-time deal. It's a daily thing you walk out. Keep in step with the Spirit. And uh, we need to engage in the adventure of learning how to listen and respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit every minute of every day. God is always speaking to us. He's always moving through us by his presence. And it's a wonderful adventure just to learn to live that way. Um, maybe you've experienced, the, had the experience of kind of having someone, someone's name come to mind. It's God putting someone in your heart and then just stepping out on that and calling or sending a card and then realizing later that it was a very timely act. Um, Years ago, before I was in ministry, I worked in uh, industrial sales in Hamilton. It was actually in Hamilton in a small um, uh, manufacturing company. And um, I wasn't really, I'm, I'm quite an introvert, actually. So to be in outside sales was kind of a stretch for me. I wasn't your regular type A personality salesperson. Um, and yet, I, I did all the things I, I was trained to do. But I, I learned to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And it, it happened so often. I would drive by a, a company as I was doing my rounds. And uh, God, I'd feel drawn to a certain company. And even though I'd tried to get in there before and called and sent information, nothing had happened. But I'd feel the Holy Spirit prompting me to contact them again. And so often I'd do that and doors would open and I'd get these large contracts to, to the point where for like two or three years I was the 
top salesperson in, in that company. One day, the, the, um, the president came by my desk, and he, he wasn't known for being very sensitive. And he says, I don't get it, Steve. <laughs> I don't understand why you uh, are doing so well. And uh, of course, it, 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 it was because I felt it was because I was just, I was just learning to, to listen and respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, uh, living from God's presence into the world around me. So, again, I'm going to say, as temples of the Holy Spirit, we carry God's presence, God's beauty, God's love and power into a broken world. Do you want to have that experience? Do you want to live that in, in fullness? Well, I'm just going to uh, invite you to join me in a, a time of prayer right now, just opening ourselves up to God. God speaks over each of us these powerful words. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. My presence dwells within each of you and among you as a community. You are a portable temple carrying my presence into a broken world that I love. Don't be afraid. Don't look down on yourselves. Do we see ourselves as God sees us? Do we see ourselves as temples of the Holy Spirit? Well, I'd like to invite you now to, to pray with me. Yeah, i just invite you to stand right now, just in response to um, God's Word today and, and the Holy Spirit. And I, I also I want to start by, by just speaking to those of you who may be in, in person or online, and uh, you might say, I'm, I'm not too sure if I'm a Christian, or maybe... Uh, you know, I was a Christian once, I went to church at one time, but that was many, many years ago, and I, I have not been doing very well. Um, I want to I give you an opportunity to respond to this word today. And maybe you're thinking, well, I, this is a kind of a new angle. I, I hadn't thought of this in terms of what it means to be a Christian, being a carrier, a temple of God's presence. But I'd like to be. I'd like to be a temple of the Holy Spirit to experience God's peace and joy. I want to be a Christian. And so I'm just going to lead in prayer right now. And you know, as I was preparing this week and, and spending some time in prayer, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and, and say, there's going to be a few people listening today, either here or online, and, and you feel that this does not apply to you. You feel that you have messed up so badly that, God, that, that you're kind of beyond hope that God uh, could never fill you again with this presence, that you could never experience God's presence and the truth of being a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you that that is a lie. Jesus said, I will never turn anyone away who comes to me. Anyone who comes to me, I will not turn away. And that includes you. God is a God of second chances. And so I invite you, if that applies to you, to, to, to pray today. So just join with me in prayer. And just repeat these words after me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me so that I can be forgiven and connected to God and be filled with his presence. Forgive me, Lord, for my sins, for all the wrong decisions I've made, for my pride. Fill me with your spirit. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. I surrender my life to you now to live for you and with you from now on. If you prayed that prayer, 
The Holy Spirit has come. Jesus has come to live within you by the Holy Spirit, and you are forgiven, and you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to give an opportunity for those uh, Christians among us, and uh, perhaps you've been stirred to want to experience more of God's presence in your life. And so I invite you to, to pray this prayer. Lord, I'm hungry for more of your presence. I want to experience all that God has for me as a temple of his Holy Spirit. Lord, I surrender to you now, no conditions. Manifest your presence and your spirit within me in whatever way you want. I want to enjoy your presence, and I want to take it to others. I want to take it out into the world. I surrender to you now. Fill me, Lord. Let's just stand for a minute of silent prayer and just just bathe in God's presence. Come, Holy Spirit, we invite you.